Melanie Boudreau turned Melanie Pulowski was more than just Lori Daybell's niece. She was Lori's reflection, a miniature version of Lori's twisted self, with twisted beliefs, a secret society, burner phones, and a confidence to kill for financial rewards. But even though there have been many discrepancies in Melanie's words and interviews, and a glaringly obvious motive to kill her then-husband Brandon Boudreaux for his life insurance, in my opinion, Melanie seems to be untouchable. But why? Why is that one has to wonder? Why is she safe? Why is she going unscathed? Her actions were like a previous roadmap laid out by Lori Daybell. Why is she spared? Or is this just the beginning for Melanie? And today, we're gonna talk about it. So now, let's get into it. Melanie Pulowski looked up to Lori. She saw her as a mother figure. Her own mother died years ago, who's Lori's sister, and Lori happily took on that mother role. Lori even called Melanie her daughter, and at times, she called her baby. And Melanie even took to Lori's fifth husband, Chad Daybell, calling him dad at times, it was said. In text shown in Lori's trial, Melanie even obeyed Lori saying, okay, captain. The text read from Melanie to Lori, what about Brandon not being able to take the kids to Utah? Does dad think I will need to be here? Lori says, nope, you need to be unavailable. That is the schedule. Melanie to Lori, okay, Captain. Not only did Melanie listen to Lori, but you could say Melanie took some pages out of Lori's book, learned about the legal system, castings, a modified religion, and all sorts of tricks of the trades, including how to ask for a victim's advocate just like Lori. When you put her actions together and piece the details, it adds up to a strikingly similar pattern, one that Lori, Chad, and Alex Cox had been following. Murder, money, moving, marriage, and travel. Rinse and repeat. And in October of 2018, it was a very pivotal moment for both Chad and Lori. It was the day they were said to have met for the very first time and fell in love at first sight. Both though were married, but to different spouses, but that didn't stop them. Melanie Pulowski was also there that day, even though she denied knowing when they first met. Melanie Gibb was also there that day. And after that, the snowball effects of Lori and Chad's sinful desire for each other became apparent. The affairs, abandonment of Lori's kids, secret meetings as part of a master plan, and annihilating those who they deemed to be dark and claimed were zombies. But there's an important overlooked factor in all of this. All eyes have been on Chad Daybell, Lori Daybell, and Lori's brother Alex Cox. But that diversion meant it left Melanie in the shadows safe. You see, there was an inner circle, a secret combination as it was described, a secret society. And that very inner circle was Chad, Lori, and her brother Alex Cox. As you go out of the circle, you'd find people like Zulema Pastanez, Melanie Gibb, and others. But Melanie Pulowski, you tell me what you think if she was part of the outer circle or part of the malicious master inner circle. Not only did Lori's life spiral out of control, even though in Lori's eyes she thought she had control, but it spiraled for Melanie as well. Just not to the depths that it should have or could have, mistakes were made. Now by spring of 2019, things were already progressing. Lori and Charles had split up. Lori left JJ for 72 plus days. She stole Charles's truck and his belongings right down to his underwear. But Melanie's behavior was also said by those around her to be significantly changing. According to her dad, Steve Cope, he said he noticed things like her mood being flat, 
She had a filthy house. There were holes in the walls in the home and she was constantly being on her phone and frequent trips to the temple. And we know that Lori Daybell also made frequent trips to the temple. She even said she needed to do that as she felt she would kill her third husband, Joseph Ryan, if not the father of her murdered daughter, Tylee Ryan. Melanie's stepmom would also say something similar when she visited Melanie. She said the home was filthy and unkempt with holes in the wall. And while her stepmom was visiting, she observed Melanie saying she was leaving for a couple of hours and would go to the temple and she'd go there every single day, just like Lori. And according to the other Melanie, Melanie Gibb, when you go to the temple, it was known to increase a person's vibration level and thinned the veil. The inner and outer circle would meet up and do these castings, which were attempts to get rid of an evil spirit out of someone through prayer. It was a group of women, mostly it said that uh, performed these castings and sometimes people like Chad Daybell and David Warwick would also as well. They did this casting on Charles to rid him of an evil spirit named Ned and then that didn't work so a spirit named Garrett took over and then finally he was Iplos, another spirit. Lori then referred to people as zombies and the group scrapped the castings and went straight to murder apparently because one by one they were killing the zombies. Lori also told Melanie that her husband Brandon Boudreaux was dark and he had an evil spirit in him. She said that he was part of Hitler's group and was considered a rating of very high dark and you can guess what you do with very high dark which is what happened only the attempt failed. But before we get into that, we can break this all down to a common repeated pattern. Lori's path started off with meeting Chad. Then there was that rubric she received with ratings of light and dark and those who were uh, a map, if you will, of people that needed to be eliminated if they were dark. Lori accused Charles of cheating, even though it was projection, as it was Lori who was cheating. She split from Charles. There was a lot of traveling going on that year, especially during times that were of importance, like Tammy Daybell's death. And burner phones were bought and utilized by Lori and Chad and Alex. Charles was killed for insurance money, even though Lori didn't get it. And Lori collected on her two children and Chad collected on his wife at the time, Tammy Daybell. There were so many secrets and plans and Lori made the move to Rexburg, Idaho and Alex followed at the same time. They believed it was there where the second coming of Christ would be. And then came the quickie marriages. As I said, Melanie was the mini version with a roadmap laid out and has a very eerily similar story. Mine is being arrested for murder or conspiracy. She was arrested, but it was for a different issue. She was criminally trespassing, trying to get to her four children while Uncle Alex waited in the truck. This was about two months after Lori's kids were murdered and one month after the attempt made on Melanie's then husband, Brandon Boudreaux. Melanie said to Brandon's parents when she was trespassing, she said, if you guys know what's good for you and your family, just tell me where Brandon is. Now, Melanie's family was also on the hit list, AKA rubric. Notable Brandon was rated dark, as I mentioned, and her kids were rated light at first, but over time there were texts back and forth about the kids being dark, and it was said to be two or three of them turned dark. And even Lori had a text up talking about it saying something to the effect that she and Melanie were tired of dealing with the kids. And Melanie once said, sometimes children are full of light and then just like that, they go dark. 
By June of 2019, Melanie accused Brandon of cheating, just like Lori did with Charles, only her accusation was that Brandon was gay, along with some other not-so-great accusations. She said she had revelations over it. She said that she was praying about it in the temple and she had a vision. She said this vision was a form of a meter going from zero to G and G meant gay. And she saw the meter go all the way to G and deduced that, that it meant gay. It came as a surprise to Brandon to split, of course, and you could imagine his surprise when she called him gay when he adamantly said he's not. There were other accusations as well, like he had an addiction to looking at things online. I don't even know if I can say that on YouTube, so I won't, but you can guess what it is. He was accused of being part of an organized crime as well, which I find quite interesting seeing as it was a similar projection like Lori blaming Charles on cheating, yet she's the one who was, and then here they are part of this secret society, and yet now Melanie's blaming Brandon for organized crimes. Interesting, right? Let me know what you think below. It got so bad of the accusations that there was a defamation suit where Brandon was awarded $12 million over it. What's interesting about the date of her asking for a separation is it was within a day of the anniversary of Melanie's mom and dad splitting way back in 1996. They were divorced on June 26th and Melanie's dad believes that Melanie asked for a divorce on June 27th. So Melanie split from Brandon just like Lori split from Charles. Okay, Captain. But Melanie was supposed to cancel paying for Brandon's life insurance, but she didn't. She even admitted to it the day after Brandon's attempt. And even if we fast forward months later, in February of 2020, Brandon Boudreaux reached out to the Gilbert police to tell him that Melanie Pulowski wouldn't sign the papers to cancel the life insurance policy they had on him because they were both owners of this policy and they both had to sign the paper to remove her as a beneficiary of the policy. She also paid for the policy out of her personal account so he couldn't even stop the payment on the policy. She was also going to finish off her divorce, but interestingly, right before the attempt was made on his life, which we'll get to it in a minute, she canceled the divorce proceedings because of an apparent clause that you can't collect if you're divorced. Charles was killed in July, and there were back and forth texts from Lori and Melanie, but they were deleted. And Lori even shared her first Malachite ring order with Melanie. And just like Lori, there was a lot of traveling going on. And guess who was Lori's companion? That's right, Melanie Pulowski. You gotta wonder if she didn't know what happened to Lori's kids, how or why she wouldn't question where they were with all this traveling going on. JJ was only seven. I did do a video on all of Lori's travel plans and flights. You can see that below or at the end of this video. I'll have it right here as well for you. And like Lori, guess who secured a burner phone? That's right, Melanie Pulowski. A week after Charles was killed, she says, it's Melanie Lee, my clear line I'll use for emergencies. If you have something you want to send to this phone, text me, uh, and then it has a little emoji, and I'll know to look into this one. Now, Melanie also thought it was a good idea after Charles was murdered to tell Lori to get life insurance on Lori's kids, because you just never know. She said, you should get a life insurance policy on JJ, Tylee, and you, because after Charles, we see that anything can always happen. It's in the Lord's will. And Lori moved to Rexburg with her brother Alex at the end of August. Tylee and JJ would be in the inner circle's second and third victims. And speaking of traveling and murder, Brandon had the attempt made on his life on October 2nd. 
And interestingly, just before Brandon's murder attempt, Melanie took a little trip to visit her Aunt Lori and Uncle Alex in Rexburg from the 26th of September to September 29th, just days from the attempt on Brandon and just days after JJ was killed. So I wonder what they talked about that week. Coincidence? I don't think so in my opinion. I don't believe in coincidences. The Gilbert, Arizona police stated in a report they noted between September 25th and September 30th of 2019, Alex, Lori, and Chad prepared for Brandon's murder. Melanie was in Rexburg at this time from the 26th to the 29th. There is more to this. Brandon moved to his new place on the 25th. Melanie flies to Rexburg on the 26th, 28th. Alex is at the gun range. Where is Melanie? She flies back on the 29th. Alex leaves his phone back with Lori and takes his burner phone and he travels to Arizona, but apparently Lori's phone was at the temple and they were tracking her and so was Al's, suggesting perhaps that Al's phone was in the hands of Lori as Al wasn't able to go to the temple and Lori perhaps carried it with her. Oops. Then we have Lori renting a storage unit on the 1st of October. They take off the Jeep tire from the back in preparation for the hit. And again, no questioning by Melanie about the kids for a full four days. Mm-hmm. Some interesting tidbits here. In Brandon's murder attempt, Melanie asked Brandon for his address on the 17th, prior to when she went to Rexburg. She was one of the very few who would know his address and investigators were looking at her movements also in the investigation. And then there was a little weird tidbit about Melanie telling Melanie Gibb to go check at an old address to see if her kids were there, not the new one, even though she knew about the new address. I always found this really odd and wondered if that was to save Melanie Pulowski's butt and uh, make it look like she didn't know what was going on. And we'd know Melanie Pulowski would benefit from Brandon's murder if successful for the insurance money. She also canceled the divorce right before his death so she can collect on insurance and she continued to pay his insurance even though she was supposed to cancel it way back in August of 2019 and lo and behold when she was questioned the day after the attempt she just happened to not remember what she did the day before. Did you communicate with anyone that you remember as far as any type of phone calls or text messages or anything with friends or family? Um, I think I called my grandma, um, maybe. I don't know if I really made any calls. Did anybody contact you yesterday, just before the evening? Before the evening, Brandon and... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. 
also she told authorities that she didn't want to share Lori and Alex's phone number because she believes that their phones could be tracked and listened to. And we know that Alex was involved and was said to be the shooter in that attempt. And Melanie had a custody exchange with Brandon that morning of the attempt. And someone would have had to give the go-ahead to Alex. People also wondered if Melanie was in that Jeep that day. I've had a lot of comments on that. She did have training in the Air Force as well. And a lot of people were wondering, hmm, I wonder if she was the shooter. Could be. I mean, she didn't remember what happened the day before, right? Let me know what you think. And one more interesting piece of information. October 1st was when the matrimonial home was closed on. The second was the attempt. And guess who'd get all that money if he died on the second and closed on the first? Talk about timing, right? Incredible. Coincidental. And then came the move to Rexburg, just like Lori and Uncle Alex. But she lied to Brandon about it. She said she was going to Idaho, but she said she was moving to Boise which very much confused Brandon, especially with everything going on. And she never had mentioned Boise before, and she didn't even go there. She went to Rexburg. And then there was a custody hearing, and she didn't show up to one of her court hearings, which gave Brandon custody of their four children. Melanie moved at the end of October from Arizona and drove with Uncle Al to Rexburg to start her lease next door to Lori in the beginning of November. Tylee and JJ would be dead already for over a month. She gave a BS interview stating she wouldn't know necessarily where the kids are because Tylee's with friends and JJ always had something going on. But she knew intimate details of a lot of things. She even knew who was on the contract for Lori's apartment and that was Alex Cox. She said so in an interview and she put on her apartment contract that she was moving to uh, BYU student housing. And lies are a common theme with that inner circle. And it looks like Melanie is not so much in the outer circle. Now, not long after she moved to Rexburg, she went hunting for her children, even though she didn't care to show up at her own hearing. Brandon was in hiding, however. He was afraid for his life, and rightly so, and his children's lives. And Melanie got into trouble and spent the night in jail, and Alex came to the rescue, bailed her out. That was mid-November. She trespassed twice within two days. It was around the 14th of November, and she'd only lived in Rexburg for two weeks, and Lori got married on the 5th of November, and then came the quickie marriage. She met Ian Pulowski supposedly on an LDS dating app. She knew him for 10 days and got married to him on November 30th, three weeks after Lori got married. This was also two weeks after she got arrested, and only a few days after she got arrested that she decided to go date Ian. And they got married on November 30th, but the day before, Alex got married to Zulema Pastenas and even took her last name. And then the lie came, because Melanie told East Idaho News they got married on November 30th, which is correct, but she said, I think Alan Zulema got married the day before, like she didn't know. She would be their witnesses, and they were there together, and Alex and Zulema witnessed their wedding. It's such a crock of you-know-what. And I don't think this girl can even speak in a full sentence. It's like it just goes round and round and round in a giant word salad. And it was also noted that Melanie was supposed to be interviewed by the FBI, but she was a no-show, as the FBI stated in an email dated January 7, 2020, along with the words of, not sure why. Melanie was part of the inner circle, in my opinion. 
She was part of the meetings, the castings, and text messages. Like Alex, Chad, and Lori, she had a burner phone. She was one of the few who knew Brandon's address and she'd be the one to give the address to Alex. She had to have known that Tylee and JJ weren't around daily. She lived right next door and hung out with them all the time. So the ultimate question is, why the heck is she getting away with this? Is she going to be held accountable when Brandon Boudreaux's trial comes? Check out my entire playlist on Melanie Boudreaux and Brandon Boudreaux right here. And check out the most important videos on the Daybell case right here. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you in the next video.